Media at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Right, so check out, you can check out the Sunday Times today, right? Yeah, check out the Sunday Times today because you'll get a supplement which talks about the uh, Generation Next 2013, the brand survey that gets put together every year by the guys from HDI Youth Marketers. And Jason Levine is the MD. So, Jason, good chatting to you once again. Hi. Morning. Hi, Ashraf. Good. So, the annual... I won't say the annual pilgrimage, but certainly the annual revelation of, of what comes in terms of brands. Right? Just quickly, again, for those who don't know it, what, what are we talking about here? When we talk about youth marketing, etc., Generation Next? Yes, uh, it's, the, it's what's become kind of the de facto uh, largest youth consumer behavior study. But mm-hmm. the part of it that gets published in the Sunday Times is the coolest brands, according to 8 to 23-year-old young South Africans, in 74 different categories. From toothpaste to fashion to cars mm, to mm. celebs. So, so you you ask them what? One simply one question or multiple questions? No, it really is the the preempt to every single category is what is the coolest X? Sweet toothpaste, clothing brand. As simple wear. as that. Just that, yes. Left right. open to subjective interpretation. Okay, sample. How, how big? How authentic? How how relevant? Large. Uh, we were in six provinces this year, urban and peri-urban youth, in, uh, in total 5,740 respondents. So a lot of people complete the questionnaire. Okay, we're going to go through those, those winners. Uh, but before that, credibility, how is it viewed by the brands, whatever's come out of it? Yeah, I mean, there's always, there's always some controversy around some categories, some results. Happy winners, not so happy second and third places. But it's, I mean, the... The numbers are validated heavily by mm-hmm. um, the research principal and statistician. We're now in the ninth year, so the methodology is, is very sound. I mean, six, seven years ago, even, we used to battle to get winners to come and accept their awards. Now they phone yeah, us months in advance, yeah. <laughs> wanting to know when the awards are, when they're, whether they're going to be getting one of them. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. It, it certainly <laughs> takes us places. But, but the fact that they argue the point that they may not have won means they're attaching credibility to it. Yes. Even though they may not like the process, yeah. I mean, it's important for them to be seen as a brand that is leading in that youth or generation next space, isn't it? It is, yeah. Lots of, um, lots of brand managers who work in the youth segment now have KPIs um, and appraisals and assessments that include their generation next result in their overall performance score. So that's... Okay, that's, that, that's absolutely cool. Okay, I should say it's cool because I think that's appropriate. So, so what then is the, is the coolest brand overall? So I understand what you've done. You've, you've got categories. What, mm. 50 categories, 20 categories? 74 categories. Okay, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but then from those categories, you've also got one overall brand winner. Is that, is that correct? Correct, yeah. Um, there, there's overall coolest company is, the, is kind of the, the, uh, the foray to the, the overall brand winner. And the overall brand winner this year um, is BlackBerry. The overall company winner was DSTV followed by BMW. Okay, so so, what do we make of that? I mean, should is it because they can identify the company as you know bricks and mortar? Let's say DSTV, but they can't identify BlackBerry as a company. They just see it as a as a as a, as a mobile phone or something like that. Yeah, the um, the company question is actually the only one that has uh, an explanation of what we mean by company, and that mm. says coolest company in brackets corporate citizen. Uh, community development company and employer. So that that rounds out the picture that is a bit more of a corporate decision, which is why 
brands where you can imagine, as you say, the brick and mortar. I can imagine myself working there. I can imagine them in. I've seen. And you can't. I mean, you can't see BlackBerry in South Africa, although they do have a presence, so you can't actually see them. Yeah, the brand, the brand category is very much the consumer brand. I see the product. I see the branding. Whereas the company question is much more about them as a corporate. Okay, so so. Blackberry is number one. So Alexander Zugari, I'm not sure if she's listening, but she should be smiling all the way. Is, is, is that a surprise, first of all? I mean, they, they've won previously, right? They have, yes. And we know there's been dramatic shifts within that, that industry and, and suggestions of where Blackberry may land up in the future. We, what, we were very curious to see whether they'd maintain their performance this year because you're right. They did, they did have a really good innings last year and even the year before. So... Uh, they compete in coolest cell phone, which they won. They compete in uh, with BBM in coolest uh, app, which they won. And they won overall coolest brand again. So they couldn't really have performed better. I mean, they really had a strong showing. Certainly brands like uh, Apple iPhone increased its stakes uh, this year. Mm-hmm. So it, iPhone certainly came up in the, the cell phone category, but not high up enough to win. Apple came up in the overall brand category uh, to number three, but not to number one. But Apple did um, win coolest high-tech gadget for the iPhone. So the the battle is most certainly on. Okay, so so I think next year will be quite interesting in terms of where where that goes, right? Okay, so let's just confirm then the top five. Okay, I've got the coolest brands I can run through. So BlackBerry, BMW, Apple, Coca-Cola, and McDonald's. That's your that's your top five. So, of the five, one is a is a cell phone uh, company. You've got a car company. Well, two actually in terms of of communications, right? Tech, mm. uh, and then you've got foods, uh, cool drink, and, and McDonald's. The food stuff. Yeah, uh, is, is that surprising that that is that scattered? Yeah, I mean the kind of things that <clears throat> when we speak colloquially to people about brands, they think almost immediately of, of fashion or clothing brands. But for young people, when, when you probe them on brands, there's a myriad of brand loyalty. Mm, mm. And we do some questions sometimes of what brand would you tattoo on your body. Lots of them are fashion brands, but there's other crazy brands. People will tattoo Twitter and BlackBerry. and Oh, my goodness. Um, okay. Let's, let's run through. I mean, time again. So let's run through certain categories you want to pick up on that you think is really important. Well, I think I mean, they can obviously read everything in the, in the Sunday Times supplement today, right? Yeah, no. But I mean, certainly to some of the categories you want to highlight. I think firstly, there's, there are a couple of new categories, one of which is computer games. So we haven't, we haven't polled console or computer game before. And that this year was won by, by FIFA 13 and okay. uh, Need for Speed coming in second, which wasn't a big, uh, big surprise. So that was interesting. Chewing gum we polled for the first time. And a premium brand, Infinity, won over uh, over any of the the. And the they spend lots of money on good advertising, I think. Yes, yeah, 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 they do. Yeah, they yeah. do do some nice stuff. Um, fast food one is a is a high involvement category for youth, and it's always a battle between McDonald's, KFC, McDonald's, KFC, McDonald's, KFC. And this year, McDonald's did pip KFC for the first time in in quite a lot of years, which was interesting. Um, International celeb is in the celebs category. Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne are always number one and two okay. in their argument this year, but <laughs> she she beat him for a change. So girl power there, which was cool. Black coffee in um in the DJ category. Minid Lamini in because the the celeb categories in Gen Next certainly at the awards event are now becoming more and more important. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Minid Lamini won uh, screen star. Uh, Black coffee won DJ. Mikasa won uh, music star. Uh, Chad LeClough won Sports Star and the great news is all of these people are now at the, the awards event so they, they do attend yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also understand that it, it's you know if we had this chat five six years ago there would be sort of greater racial segmentation 
certainly mm. in the market that you're targeting, if you're looking at metropolitan areas to a large degree, then peri-urban, that's sort of disappearing, isn't it? It is, it is. Ashraf, certainly in the younger ages, there's a lot more homogeneity of response. In the, in the young adults, there is still some <coughs> racial and socioeconomic difference, but in the younger ages, not so much, except in certain categories. And lots of stereotypes about uh, being a strong preference for certain fashion brands amongst colored communities or black communities actually actually remain true. The, uh, the fashion and clothing category is one. Can you, can you give me some examples there? Well, Carvela, for instance, in footwear, his okay. doesn't have a strong white following would be the stereotype. The answer is 100% true. It doesn't. It has a much stronger uh, of color following. Okay. Well. Uh, Converse All-Star, um, et cetera, et cetera, those kind of, those kind of uh, funny, quirky things. Old, really old school stuff like Lux, having a strong black vote in the soap category. Correcto is true. Some funny, funny anomalies mm. like did, that. Did anything come through that is... is Particularly surprising. It's like, wow, it just jumped from the page. Well, I mean, I think banking category is an important category for the banks because youth is a, an important segment for them. We were interested to see whether on the back of the controversy around youth and brand and comms earlier this year with FNB, whether they had managed to maintain mm, a strong mm, foothold. Mm. They did. So they <clears throat> absolutely won that category for six years on the basis of presence and market share. But this is now the third year that FNB has won it and had no problem winning it again this year. So that was a category we were watching and, uh, and was interesting. Clothing store, Mr. Price now owns that territory, whereas mm, a couple yeah. of years ago mm. it was it was Edgar still held uh, top place there. And uh, also Apple, because it's such a talked about brand in youth, is now the number one computer brand. So we're watching Again, I mean, we were speaking about this five years ago. Apple was a completely fringe product mm, for youth. Mm, it was mm. 1% of young people had access to an Apple, certainly in the computer stakes. Um, and now they win that category. So, so yeah, that stuff um, all, keeps it, all keeps it interesting. Okay. Does, does, it, uh, you know, does it imply, if, if they suggest that a certain brand is the coolest brand, does that then convert into actual sales as well? You know, I'm just looking at a, at a brand like Apple that you mentioned, maybe in terms of computer. Mm. It may be very expensive to sort of buy sort of an Apple Mac, for example, but it doesn't mean it's not aspirational. But does it convert into sales? The, I mean, the, the philosophy of the study is it will convert into future sales. The low-ticket items, like if I prefer Appletizer over Iron Brew, I can make that purchase decision even as a nine-year-old now. The fact that I choose Lamborghini as the number one ultra-luxury motor car doesn't mean I'm going to buy it anytime soon. I'm probably going to default to, mm-hmm. to VW, which comes fourth in the, uh, in the motor category. But, so yes, some of the, some of the, some of the categories, it's easy for them to make a purchase decision on the basis of preference. Others, it is harder, but it certainly gives us a sense of where the purchases are going to be the minute the economic Reality so they catch, can afford catches it, yeah. up to the aspiration. <laughs> yeah. All right, just just lastly, then two things you didn't speak about Coca Cola. I think we do we talk about Coke? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And I mean they've sort of been sort of this, this global number one brand all the years. And then many see seriously as a challenge in terms of spend Samsung, where, where they're mm-hmm. spending as much if not more than Coca Cola in in that space. Right? Where, where do they feature? So we were surprised by Samsung this year, to tell you the truth. Coke. Coke has historically been a very strong performer in overall brand and have won it for several years. So they're down at the charts a little bit there. They win their category cold drink hands down without, mm-hmm. without much 
competition at all. Samsung didn't fare brilliantly in um, in cell phone, for instance. Nokia actually even put them. But I think they were at the tail end of the S3. We were in field in February and March, so before the S4 hype had all started okay. building. All right. mm-hmm. um, I think the result after the S4 launch will be will be quite different. And certainly, uh, certainly uh, even next year, we, we're expecting them to... I, I think well. so. Well, I think they'll be very disappointed they didn't, yeah. Okay, Jason, let's leave it at that. Thanks so much. Unless there's something else you want to bring up? Anything? No, been good chatting. I and, think that's it. And I can tell you now, on your, on, your, on your Sunday read after the show, not don't start before 11, okay, but I think you can spend the entire afternoon <laughs> running through these categories, and then I suggest bounce it off your children, for example, see what they say, and then have this discussion amongst adults and see whether they differ. I think that's a great topic over Sunday lunch, but started after 11, not before 11. Jason, great chatting to you once again. Thanks so much. Thank for your you. Time. Thanks, Ashley. There you are, Jason Levine from HDI Markers that puts together that whole survey. The coolest brands uh, overall. So BlackBerry, number one, amazingly, still holding their own. So we'll talk about uh, the DMMA as a well as an agency, as an association really, 10 years around. Nikki Colcroft is my guest right after this. Need to renew your TV license? Pop into your provincial SABC TV license office, update your details and you could win a 32-inch LCD TV. So whether you're living in Pretoria, Porokwane, Bloemfontein, Durban, Kimberley, Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, Nelspruit or Johannesburg, we are here to help with all inquiries. So go local. Step into your SABC provincial office today and stand a chance to win. TV licenses making a difference. You've got a cocktail party to attend and need a babysitter. Do you ask A, your mother, B, your neighbor, or C, your husband's mistress? When the family business is a casino, everything's a gamble. Watch the brand new South African drama series High Rollers every Tuesday night at 8.30, only on SABC3. Join hands with the government to commemorate Child Protection Week from the 27th of May to the 2nd of June 2013. Report incidents of child abuse on the Childline South Africa toll-free number 0800 05 You can also wear a green ribbon to show your support to protecting the rights of our children. The green ribbon symbolises life and growth associated with children. They need to be nurtured and conserved. Together, let's use this opportunity to speak out against child abuse and neglect and to act on child abuse wherever it may occur. Media at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Right, so let's talk about the DMMA, the Digital Media and Marketing Association. It's been around for 10 years. So, so where did it all start? Why, in fact, did it start? Maybe that's pretty obvious. And the fact that it's got some longevity has been taken pretty seriously, I think. To tell us more about it, the chairperson of the DMMA, it's uh, Nikki Colcroft, who also is the head of digital at, uh, at Woolworths. Nikki, good chatting to you once again. Hi. Hi, good morning, Ashraf. Good morning, indeed. Right, so 10 years around, maybe take me back to where it all started. At the time when the DNMA started, what, what, was, the, what was the long-term vision and the plan of, of, of this organization? Well, firstly, I can't believe it's 10 years. I think um, saying something, we're all getting old. It's flown by. But um, everything has completely changed in the last 10 years. But we originally formed the DMMA, which was then known as the OPA, standing for the Online Publishers Association. Because as publishers, we needed to form 
a single uh, measurement metric, so a single currency by which we could create an advertising industry to buy and sell um, ad, ad advertising media. So that was originally why it started, because you had different people measuring in different ways. So, for instance, one publisher would say that we're measuring um, using hits, and another person would be using impressions, and another person would be using this. And then the actual tool that they used to measure was different. So in order to, to provide value to or create a currency which added value, we formed the OPA and um, launched with then Red Sheriff as a, as a measurement tool. And that has evolved over 10 years to now where we don't only represent publishers, hence the change in the name. We represent agencies, we represent tech companies, we represent startups, we represent bloggers. Where all that measurement standard has evolved to represent all of those players, and has formed a kind of little eco economy between the, the advertising agencies and the publishers. But it also talks about then the the relative strength of the digital agency as an umbrella body, isn't it? That means the entire industry. That means what was inconsequential 10 years ago maybe is, is now absolutely important. Absolutely. I mean, the digital agencies that were around 10 years ago, you know, they were, they were few and far between, and, and most of them were one person sitting inside of a big agency if, if we were lucky, and that was the extent of it. You know, life um, has really changed, and now we have many, many successful agencies, big agencies that are, are starting to go move on from just doing digital to doing above-the-line advertising as well. So I think that table has turned completely. Mm. And, and I mean, your, your thoughts in terms of just how healthy the industry is, I mean, let, let's talk about that because healthy meaning healthy in terms of bottom line for the, for the broader umbrella industry, and you can sort of subdivide, but also healthy in terms of how important the industry has become for even people who are not directly involved in digital. Let's take Woolies as an example, somebody you guys are involved with, right? But the dependence then on digital to further their own business imperatives. I, th I think everything's completely changed. Um, I'm obviously biased towards um, technology and any form of digital and using digital as a, as, a, as a way to change the way we do business. I don't simply see it as, you know, an advertising industry. I see technology change the way that we do every single thing in our lives. It's affecting every business. And, you know, yes, there are a few that are still nervous of, of what it can mean and what it can do, but I, I would say that they're going to be left behind. It's fundamentally shifted everything, um, you know, from from every industry as well, from from retailing included included in that bracket. Um, you know, if I think of the thing, the way that retailers operated 10 years ago versus now, um, and the role that everybody has to play, so the entire um, online ecosystem from publishers, so media, online media, to online agencies doing planning and strategy, to actual technology, people who know the technology changing the way, you know, that business operates every single day. So there's been a fundamental shift in the way that we do business as a result of technology. And those one or two agencies and one or, and probably about 10 publishers now represent hundreds and hundreds of companies in South Africa who, you know, have formed a viable, viable business, um, which is wonderful. And, and you can't go without it anymore. That's, that's the end of that story, thank goodness. Indeed. Well, well let's talk about the viable business aspect because I'm... I'm trying to sort of connect as I talk to you to people who are you know, looking to enter, enter the industry A, in terms of you know, possible students wanting to start a career in the industry how, how much of a space is there for them and, and where would you direct them? Well, it's a wonderful space. I mean, um, we we probably have like one of the largest skill shortages, 
shortages, sorry, in, in our industry. And um, we all spend a lot of time, myself included, lecturing at, and, and contributing um, curriculum work to different education facilities. The reality is, is that the, the most of the focus has been on encouraging uh, traditional advertising schools to move into the digital focus or start to include digital in their curriculum. And I think they are more and more doing it. So definitely the likes of AAA, Vega, Red and Yellow, you know, three very, very prominent schools, um, very, very well known for, for advertising. Now you can go and study digital advertising. Um, do I think it's a viable career? Well, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm biased. It's all I've ever done. I've managed to make a career out of it. It is my life. And there are so many more like me who have done that. And our job now is to go and sell our story to, to the next generation to say, you know, come and, come and take over what we've, what we've been building for the last 10 years mm. because it's, it's only, it's only going to flourish. So just to, to talk to, to those who do not know, when we, when we throw names like digital marketing, what in fact do we mean? Okay, so digital can mean many things. I think, you know, people think of it as just one thing. So a website, for example. Whereas in the world of digital advertising, there are actually seven elements of digital being web, mobile, search, um, which you know a lot about, social media, which is the buzz, buzzword of the moment, video elements, so things like advertising or building um, video, like on YouTube, for example, um, as well as video integration of content. Viral, a viral opportunity. So build a campaign and share it with 10 friends. I mean, that's a very simple version of it. So there are actually seven elements that you could build around a digital advertising campaign. And that kind of takes, you know, where you had print and magazine, you know, print in a magazine versus print in newspaper to now these multiple channels with multiple opportunities. And the wonderful thing, or the big difference between what we do in digital marketing or digital advertising versus traditional advertising is that we can do anything. We're not restricted to a picture on a piece of paper. We can build interaction. We can, um, you know, create engagement. We can build competitions. We have instant reactions. So we can add immediate value to the consumer. So technology has fundamentally changed and maybe pushed the boundaries on how we actually look at advertising. And I think the, the most recent tipping point in, in digital advertising is that it's no longer seen as something that's a, a campaign that should be run right inside. You have one campaign. One message, you know, which, which contains objectives, and you run those on the mediums that are best going to deliver results. And that's not to say that it's always digital, but it's quite nice to see digital being included in that marketing mix with radio and, and print and TV. All right, two things before I let you go, and you can get celebrating once again, 10 years around. One, one is, is the move now towards specialized digital agencies, or is the move now towards... Uh, so called regular agencies now including digital as part of their mixes. I see that. And the second one, what for you are the biggest challenges ten years down the line now as we talk about next year and the years beyond? Okay, uh, yeah, great. I think actually both are happening. The big agencies are starting to take digital very seriously, and there's a big um, kind of trade war going on with people at the moment between the bigger agencies and the digital agencies shifting people. We're seeing people very, very uh, well-known and respected in the traditional world, the creative creative directors moving into digital agencies, which is a great protection of the times because it means those agencies are now able 
to afford, you know, the, the best in the country, which is wonderful. And then on the other side of that coin, you see the traditional big agencies making big, big, big shifts really quickly and kind of swooping up, you know, big, big portions of their work. And I think what's easier for the traditional agency is that they already have clients. So they are able to now go to the clients and say, actually, we can offer you the full range of services, and we're seeing a lot of that happen. Specialist okay. digital agencies will never disappear because of the the detailed skill required in those seven elements of digital that I was talking about. You know, social business is not about running a, a, a Twitter stream. Um, search is not about buying a few keywords on Google. All of those mediums or different types of channels require a specialist skill. So regardless of big agency or digital agency, big digital agency, they're going to outsource to a specialist agency, which is quite nice. And as I say, they both can form part of this wonderful ecosystem that we've built up. Um, over, over the years, which, okay. is, which is very exciting. Well, that sounds like good advice uh, indeed. Okay, Nikki, good uh, good chatting to you. Enjoy the 10th anniversary party, and we'll talk lots more, I'm sure, Thank before you. we get to the 20th anniversary. Nikki Colcroft, they are the head of the, of the DMMA, the Digital Marketing and Media Association.